Right, my little tightly rolled burritos. If you have accessed this by visiting my website, DylanRankin.com, thanks for popping by. This is the audio-only version of my comical pondering session, Fallopian Justice. I would encourage you to watch the video version of Fallopian Justice on YouTube to enjoy the full original creation. But you may be on the run. You may have committed several crimes and now you're in a stolen vehicle heading towards the border at breakneck speed. Which is fair enough. Thank you for selecting Dylan Rankin's Fermented Comedy as the soundtrack to your situation, in the medium of your choice. Here is the audio version of Fallopian Justice. Cheers. I don't know if it's just been a bad run of luck, but when I've ordered takeaways recently, the last few delivery drivers have given me the impression that they could, quite realistically, return about 3, 3.30 a.m. to murder me and the girlfriend while we sleep with a plastic-handled carvery knife. But stranger than that, it didn't affect my tipping. But how would it, I suppose? Would I just not tip the delivery guy because I think he's going to kill me in five hours? Or would I tip him more hoping that he won't kill me? Do people not kill you for like five bucks? I don't usually sit around with a roll of twenties, so I couldn't even offer him a decent amount not to kill me. And I'll be fucked if I'm paying not to be murdered by credit card. That would open a whole new can of worms. Back in Scotland, in the old country... I distinctly remember the delivery driver from my favourite takeaway, looking like he would break into allotment gardens in the dead of night and steal gardening tools from someone's widowed grandparent. And if he wanted to murder me, it would more than likely be in a far more brutal fashion than stabbing me with a carvery knife. I would imagine it would be more of a Miss Marple type of murder, bludgeoned with a muddy trill, then drowned in a tin of Ron Seal wood paint. Soon enough, the humble delivery driver will be a thing of the past with all the drone technology floating about the place. Drone deliveries will be the way to go. Why wait for the meat legs of a human to find their way to your home when you can have a bucket of chicken quadcoptered over to you in a guaranteed sub-60 second time frame? If that actually becomes a reality and you live with that type of ludicrously quick level of service in your day-to-day life, what happens after five years of sub-60-second food deliveries? And then the quadcopter turns up 30 seconds late? Do you answer the door in a fit of rage, then begin shrieking at the three-inch squared screen on the front of the quadcopter, the live feed to the restaurant manager's office? I'm not paying for that shit. It's probably freezing now. 30 seconds you're late. 30 seconds. I could have passed out from hunger and smashed my face through that glass table back there. Throat slit. You'd be ringing and ringing and ringing that doorbell for hours before that pool of neck blood reached the front door. And if there was bad weather, drones would be fucked. If there's a freak storm and quadcopters start getting hit by lightning and damaged by hailstones dropping from the sky into people's back gardens on a Saturday night with a bucket full of gristle chicken, 
Ain't no good Samaritan out there will be handing a drone back to the local chicken restaurant. With a drop of super glue, that's young Timmy's Christmas present and tonight's dinner sorted in a one-up. What a result. You'd be a hero. You'd walk into the living room with that bucket of gristle chicken and be greeted with a round of applause by the family unit. No need to lie to your wife about how many drinks you've had and drive half-cut round to the supermarket to buy your disappointment of a child a dairy milk ice cream so they shut the fuck up and stop crying. No way. Not tonight. Tonight, you are receiving oral sex on the couch once the kids are in bed, backlit by Dominic Toretto's exceptional driving skills as you are engulfed in the stench of your own arse and your partner's corn chip and chicken breath. It's an impressive weekend at any rate. But the takeaway restaurants, they'd have to do something about the drone thefts every Friday and Saturday night. They'd eventually end up having to have security drones to escort the takeaway delivery drones, and before you know it, there's a robot militia roaming the streets at dusk, leaving a mid-air snail trail cloud of succulent fried chicken tender aroma throughout the streets, whose only protocol is to deliver chicken in under 60 seconds. So God help whoever's standing in the path of the delivery route, stumble in front of the quadcopter at your own peril. You'd end up hearing a dull drone then feeling a sting as a tranquilizer dart hits the back of your neck and you slowly slump forward over your food shopping bags and lose consciousness 10 feet from your own front door to the sound of your neighbour's doorbell and your favourite chicken shop's advertising slogan. As urine leaks through your jeans and down the gutter of your communal driveway. Every step forward in technology needs its baby steps, I suppose. And that's one thing that I really enjoy, the early stages of new technology, the prototypes, the step-by-step development of like a cyborg. The early stage cyborg always has that mock rubber skin, that factory creased clothing and, you know, the dead staring eyes. And you know for certain that the inventors fucked it. There's no question about it. The, the first 10 prototypes have been tainted. They have been molested within an inch of their cyborg existence. So all of you multi-millionaires out there who simply must have one of the first ever models of every new piece of technology out there, just know that that ain't excess glue flaking off the display of your HouseBot 3000. It's packed full of a lab rat scientists, highly intelligent and mildly radioactive sperm. And when you first pull off that giant styrofoam layer of your first ever house-trained cyborg, you know you're guaranteed to be greeted with an all-too-familiar new machine smell. And as I mentioned before, old cum. But rest assured, you won't be the only one. Every new model that's released to the public from these tech companies will have gone through the very same deviant birth and sport this very same enchanting aroma. It's not surprising that since we're dealing with humanity that a cyborg's first human interaction will involve a shirtless man dead bolting a door shut behind him with a bucket of wallpaper paste half poured over his cock. What a welcome to the human experience. It's interesting to think about when the next big technological jump forward will be and what will it be? Sir Tim Berners-Lee invented the internet in 1990 
that's only 20 odd years ago. The iPhones have only been out for 10 years. How long before the self-charging robo-butler becomes a, a, a norm in households? After ironing out a few bugs in the beginning, like when the robo-butler 2.0 traps a young liver puddling woman in her pantry and vigorously irons her face along with the pantsuit she's wearing. Then there's the incident when the robo-butler Equinox model repeatedly attempted to prepare the vegetables for a roast dinner midway through their owner's bi-weekly anal bleaching. They ended up with a diced arse and a thinly grated coccyx draped over a bed of fennel. But you've got to embrace new technology. Look at all the crazy shit you can now witness and experience because of GoPro cameras. Getting a first person's perspective as human, from humans throwing themselves from mountains and squirrel gliding through the air, surfing through 40 foot tube waves and those dudes, those dudes that are hanging off the very top of construction cranes and gargantuan cell phone towers, one handed. Watching those videos makes me deeply uncomfortable. 16 year olds hanging from an old metal pole sticking out from a cell phone tower with nothing between them and the gravel car park 250 feet below them. The thing is, being able to achieve that feat, hanging from a piece of construction equipment that's brand spanking new, built last Tuesday, is one thing. But a lot of these dudes are hardcore Eastern Bloc motherfuckers and that piece of construction equipment ain't new. It's actually been abandoned for quite some time. There's ivy growing halfway up the fucker and it's been painted with the cheapest industrial paint available from Kiev's discount DIY store back in 1986, which is now visibly rusting. The crane structure might be sound, but that layer of cheap paint and partial millimetre of chemically poisoned mildew is going to be your fucking downfall, young man. You could have burst out the Ukraine like Vladimir Klitschko on a monster energy drink hit of pure salvia in a gold Rolex, but no. An expired vat of knockoff Dulux paint fucked you and your amply strong deltoids. Think about that as you hurtle down to face caved the fuck inville where gravity treats your bone structure like blue tack. Ain't no helmet saving you from that cranial impact. I think we'll all be dissolved into the dirt before the science is there for that invention. Even if the science is there, no young dude that's hanging from cranes for a laugh is going to be wearing one. You want to look cool when you're hanging there. There's no, no one that looks sexy in a helmet. No one's ever turned round, seen a beautiful woman and said, God, I wish she was wearing a helmet. In an 80s retro swimsuit, sure, she looked good. But in a helmet, she'd be a 10. In fact, it goes for all that stuff. Helmets, safety goggles, special boots, special shoes. If you ever get turned on by special shoes, we'd need to keep you well clear of certain government-funded trips to the seaside. Some of these people have it hard enough. The last thing they need to see is a guy at the end of the pier fist-pumping his cock, holding an ice cream cone. 